listening to the Screeners Podcast Network. From the big screen to the small screen and everything in between, this is the Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Screeners Podcast. This is Daniel. I'm April. And joining us today, uh, we, you've seen him plenty of times on this podcast. He's one of the hosts of the Geek Car Check podcast. He's also my brother, Tyler. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, it's good to be here. I'm excited. Me too. We got a great double feature today. But before we dive into that, I want to remind you, as always, to follow us on social media. You can find us on Twitter at ScreenersCast. You can search for us on Facebook uh, or at the Screeners Podcast. But also, we don't remind you enough to uh, subscribe to us uh, wherever you're listening, subscribe, and to leave us a review. It really helps other people discover the show, um, and it uh, it makes us feel good. So uh, <laughs> so if you could leave us a review, I guess I guess only good reviews make us feel good. Please. But, but still... Leave Honestly, a review. any kind of review gets the name out there one way or the other. <laughs> you know, that's true. That's true. That's true. So, so leave press. a review. Yeah. So uh, so please make sure you do that. We'd really appreciate it. All right. Today we have a double feature. We're going to be reviewing Yesterday, the new film from Danny Boyle. But before we get there, we're going to review a little film called Spider-Man Far From Home. So nice to finally meet you, Spider-Man. You're Nick Fury. Put some clothes on. Let's go for a ride. Is he going to be okay like that? Might want to turn him over so he doesn't swallow his tongue. I think Nick Fury just hijacked our summer vacation. Awesome! We got gifts, Parker. But we have a job to do. Are you going to step up or not? Friends are in trouble. What are you going to do about it? The IMDb description of Spider-Man Far From Home is following the events of End- Avengers Endgame. I don't know if any of you have seen that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel so, like a few people have seen yeah, it. I've heard of it's, it. Yeah. Following the events of Avengers Endgame, Spider-Man must step up to take on new threats in a world that has changed forever. Just like the first Spider-Man film, Spider-Man Homecoming, it's directed by John Watts. Uh, it stars Tom Holland, and this one has Samuel L. Jackson, Jake Gyllenhaal as the villain Mysterio. Uh, it's got Zendaya as MJ and many, many others. Marissa Tomei, John Favreau, it's an awesome cast. Uh, so guys, first, before we dive in, I want to hear uh, your thoughts on the first Spider-Man film in the MCU, Spider-Man Homecoming. And then, and then, what you thought of Far From Home, uh, Tyler? You're our guest today. We'll let you start. What did you think? I, you know, what? I really like Homecoming. I, I've been a fan. I really like the Andrew Garfield films. Um, now, like Spider-Man Two is not that awesome, but I liked Andrew Garfield himself as a, mm-hmm. um, as a Spider-Man. So I was definitely wary when we were getting Tom Holland. Um, but he is an excellent Peter Parker. Spider-Man um, Homecoming was a light entry into the film and um where did that fall now i, I hadn't double, double checked where did that fall in the mcu what had just happened um was it after uh, ultron it was after civil war it was after civil uh, war yeah because spider-man was introduced in oh that was his civil introduction war. yeah that's right mm-hmm. that's right yep. um so i i like tom holland he's light um he's a light good foil to tony stark which is followed up in this film which we'll, i'm sure we'll talk about um but yeah uh, homecoming was 
a nice reboot of a character who had been rebooted, you know, once already had been through multiple iterations. Um, you know, we were not sure if he was ever going to get into the MCU and, um, they've done a good job with him so far. So I'm, I'm a pretty good, um, Spider-Man fan currently. And what did you think of far from home? Oh, far from home. I, man, I loved far from home. I really did. I, I, um, I saw zero previews for this. I'm really trying to be a non-trailer watcher as much as I possibly can. Um, You know, sometimes that's hard when you see a bunch of movies, but you know, I try to strategically plan some bathroom breaks so that I don't see, um, you know, any trailers. And so I I knew nothing. I didn't even know Mysterio was in this um, going into it. And so I was really, uh, I was really happy that this was a light entry into the franchise. Um, We have just had, you know, some heavy, heavy films Endgame, which is brilliant. And you should all listen to our episode where I think we spent a ridiculous amount of time. I think we, that was an hour and a half long episode. I think yeah, um, or more or more just talking about Endgame, um, which is a, an excellent film, but you know, how do you follow Endgame? How do you follow such a monumental, um, cinematic, um, not only a cinematic, um, you know, experience in and of itself, but a close to, to 10 years or 11 years of a, of a franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, and you do it with Spider-Man Far From Home. It is a breath of fresh air. It is funny. It's light. It's romantic. It's uh, it's just a good, good movie before they jump into whatever is coming next in Phase Four. Awesome, rave review from Tyler <laughs> there. And and April uh, again. First, what did you think of Spider-Man Homecoming? And then tell us what you thought of Far From Home. Yeah. So. Homecoming was one of the few Marvel movies that I did not see in theaters. I huh. am one of those big Tobey Maguire as the original Spider-Man fans. I loved the well, Spider-Man three was, eh. but the first two yeah, I we thought were great. Yes, 3. so I was annoyed when Andrew Garfield came out as the new Spider-Man, and then when I found out there was an even a newer Spider-Man, I was just kind of annoyed because I'm like, no, Tobey Maguire is the best. Um, so that was one. I think we red boxed it like months after it came out. I was not in a rush to see it. But I was actually pleasantly surprised. I was very apprehensive, but I thought Tom Holland, he's every movie I see him in, he grows on me a little bit more. Um, so I thought Homecoming was good. I, I actually enjoyed it. I wouldn't say it was my favorite Marvel film by any means. Um, but I liked it enough that I was excited to see um, Far From Home, especially after Endgame. Because I was, it. I mean, just kind of like Ty was saying, I don't know how you follow Endgame. I was very curious to see how they were doing it. But I also loved Endgame so much, I couldn't wait to get back into that world and see what's ev- what everyone's up to. Um, enter Far From Home, and I loved it. I, I've right. been racking my brain trying to come up with something like actually negative to say about the film, but everything that I, I mean, it's not perfect. I have like nitpicky things, but I thought it was a really fun film. The special effects in it, there's some sequences that I just thought were so well done and really cool to see. Like, I don't, I don't want to give anything away, but special effects, I thought this was one of the best villains that I've seen in the Mm. Marvel universe. Um, Yeah, I, I, I wish I had something negative to say, but I, I'm with Tyler. I'm, I really enjoyed it. Awesome. So two rave reviews. Uh, so for me, Spider-Man Homecoming, it's, uh, it sounds like I liked Homecoming better than both of you. I absolutely loved it. I think it was uh, 
It succeeded by being one of the funniest movies in the Very MCU. True. And it also really, truly felt like a teen comedy. It felt like a high school friendly neighborhood Spider-Man for the first time. And I love the Tobey Maguire movies as well, but that really never felt like high school. Never, He never felt like a teenager, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and that's what Tom Holland felt like in Homecoming. He felt like a teenage high school Spider-Man. And this sequel succeeds still by amping up the action and having a, a genuinely unpredictable plot a lot of times. Mm-hmm. I definitely miss some of the elements that I just mentioned that made the first film so so good um but that doesn't mean i dislike this one by any means um it's definitely funny there's a lot of good stuff there and tom holland is still just he's a fantastic peter parker and such a great spider-man such good casting he just is completely charming and uh so he he's you know easily the best part of this film um this this, far from home feels like two different movies in in a way and and i don't mean that in a bad way i just think i I actually think it was intentional it's half a teen romance comedy Mm -hmm. and half a normal high action mcu movie yeah and more than than homecoming felt like Mm -hmm. homecoming felt like all of those things blended together into one film this one feels kind of like two separate films mingled into one and so and so there's there's elements of both that work really really well Tom Holland and Zendaya do a fantastic job of selling the genuine awkwardness of mm-hmm. a teen I romance, love that. especially yeah. Zendaya. Yes. She she was so good at being this really reserved and just being a weirdo, actually, and yeah. it was great. And um, and so I think it was very awkward, and and I really liked their romance. There's a scene um, where. Uh, there's a scene where Peter kind of has to has to dip out and kind of has to go save the world, and he's genuinely upset that he can't go sit next to the girl that he likes. And, and at a at a super stupid event that he yeah. would normally hate, but he really wants to be mm-hmm. there with her. Yeah, and so it really worked worked well. Just being, uh, you were emotionally. I was emotionally invested yes. in in the just the romance of it because uh, it's so relatable. And so they do a very good job of making the teen romance relatable. And and then on the other hand, the other half of the movie, the the, the high action MCU movie, it succeeds as well because the action is phenomenal. Like April said, the visual effects are great, and it's very the visual effects are are uh, are a really important plot point here um, specifically. Yeah. And so um, that that really helps. And and obviously I'm not going to dive into it, but like I said, the plot is so unpredictable. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal's Mysterio is well written and mm-hmm. plays him oh, very seriously well, genuinely, well and so um, yeah. So this movie is really, really good, very enjoyable. Um, but especially with some things towards the end that I can't really get to right now, um, it really highlighted how much I missed the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man swinging around New York City. I really missed that just because it's so it's so fun. It feels like comfortable right and i understand that this this movie was far from home right it's getting him out of his comfort zone and i get all that but i also kind of missed missed that new york city spider-man and along along the same lines one of the things that i the only that probably the only critique i have and this is not a spoiler but it builds on that is there's there's one moment where he kind of does the the trademark Spider-Man, you know, snark, or he has the little comment, you know, the one-liner that Spider-Man is so well known for, and the, and then I was like, oh, we have not seen this at all, um, and it's because he's trying so hard to not be Spider-Man in this movie. It's true. Um, yeah, so it's it's I I think I agree with you. Yeah, 
And so even though I missed those things, you know, th- this movie does so many things incredibly well. Um, like you said, he's trying to not be Spider-Man, and that works very well. Just him trying to throw off, I just want to be a kid. And it doesn't feel in, like, an annoying way or, like, a snobby way. It's like, no, he just genuinely likes a girl, and he doesn't get a chance to, to tell her how he feels. And so um, and so you really feel that, and, and it works well with the high-stakes action. Now, I do think that this gets just like most MCU movies, it gets really huge at the end. And so that's, that's again where I kind of missed the small scale, smaller scale, I should say, um, you know, things from the first film, because that's what the first film, the first film was kind of a breath of fresh air in that it was smaller scale. And so, um, so some kind of the climactic action scene gets gets a little wild, gets crazy. It's still very fun and very enjoyable, but it gets kind of crazy. Um, but even so, it's just like I said, this movie is a really good movie. It's a great MCU film with very enjoyable twists and turns that we'll talk about and a great great anchor to all of that with, with Tom Holland's Spider-Man. So um, I love this movie. I thought it was fantastic. And uh, yeah, it's a great follow-up to Avengers Endgame specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, as a side note, I saw this in 3D. Did either of you see this in 3D? I didn't. No, I did not. I bet those some of those special effects were crazy in 3D. Uh, I did not like it. Oh, I wish I had right. not seen this in 3D. <laughs> um, I felt like it, it looked very post-converted to me. Hmm. Sure. It didn't feel like it was... I, I don't know whether if it was shot in 3D or if it was post-converted, but... Uh, I genuinely try to not watch movies in 3D same, if I can, unless same. unless this, I know it was intended to be filmed in 3D. This was the first one in a while, and, and I did regret it. And it, a lot of the... Um, like a two-shot, like an over-the-shoulder two-shot where somebody's talking to another character and we're getting the reverse shot... Um, it, it, it the characters weren't looking at each other, you know, because the oh. 3D kind of <laughs> kind of uh, shifted the perspective, oh, you know, and so it messed with the eye lines. And so, it, oh, it, weird. It, when I was looking at it, I was like, "There's no way the characters weren't looking at each other." Like, so it, so it, it must have, have just been, been a 3D thing, yeah. So, yeah. and again, maybe that was just my my hmm. perspective. Maybe it was my screening. I don't know, but. I didn't like it, and it was off-putting, and so um, I was definitely disappointed by that. I, I think 3D added nothing to to the film, so that was kind of disappointing. But again, that that has nothing to do with the film itself. That's not a fault uh, on the film. So just want to throw that out there. Um, so, uh, any other thoughts on Spider-Man: Far From Home? Honestly, it's so funny. It's it's a funny movie. Um, and some of the stuff I want to say with with romance, you've either already covered, or or we're gonna talk about. Like I I want to talk about spoiler wise with a comparison to another romance that goes on in the film. I don't know if, if that's a spoiler, but because um, I didn't see the trailer, so I truly don't know what's what's a spoiler or not. I mean, it's a spoiler, I guess, yeah. but I don't think, I don't know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't affect the way you see the film, I think. It was so no, obvious that it was going to happen. Right, I and I think what I think that, that was done so well is exactly what you said. This This took a world that has been destroyed and, you know, people in the snap or the blip, as they call it in the movie, uh, has... You know, people have been taken out of the film for five years or that that world for five years and they, they come back and you have to deal with it. People have to 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 handle what that they've been uh, taken away, then brought back and their families have been ripped apart and put back together. And I think, you know, what they this is so effectively this is what I was going to say, I guess, in spoilers, but I think I can say this now without spoilers is Iron Man. This does what Iron Man three does in such a good way, but in not too heavy handed a way, Iron Man three takes place not long after um, the first Avengers film Mm -hmm. where Tony Stark is 
um, is basically dealing with PTSD. He is reeling from the events in New York, from being shot into space, getting ready to be blown up in a nuclear blast, um, and let alone fighting all these aliens that are coming through. Um, Tom Holland. Now, Tom Holland. What's Tom Holland? What's his name? Peter Parker. Uh, yeah. Peter Parker did not did not you know live through the the snap because he was taken away, um, but he's. He still is dealing with Tony Stark's death. Spoilers for Avengers Endgame if you haven't seen it. If you haven't seen it before watching this film, shame on you. Um, but he is he's reeling from all of that. He doesn't know if he can be Spider-Man. He doesn't know if he can handle that mantle. Um, they, they, they say this... Um, they say this in the movie. They 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 say you know heavy uh, heavy. What's the what's the line? Shoot, I had it written down. Um, he says heavy is the head that wears the crown, which is a quote from I think Henry the Fourth by Shakespeare. Um, and and basically this is the on one hand this is the first movie to come out after Endgame, but also Spider Man is is really the last Avenger left on Earth after Endgame because everybody has left. They're doing their own thing, and. He needs to decide: Am I going to lead the Avengers? Can I lead the Avengers, or am I, or can I just be a high school kid from now on? Um, and so that's what this movie deals with. So on one hand, it's super light and funny and romantic, and and it, it is. I think it's funnier than than Homecoming, frankly, but mm. I I think it's hilarious. And yet it it deals with the weighty material of how do you live after such a crazy ordeal, and and I think it does it in such a brilliant way. So yeah, yeah, I think this is a great, great film. And I think some of the opening scenes, you know, it opens and, and kind of recaps the blip and uh, mm-hmm. kind of gives us some important details that we right. didn't know from the first film. Right. For instance, that everybody who disappeared from the snap from Infinity War, when they, again, spoilers, came back um, in, in Endgame, they came back exactly as they were five years later without having aged in mm-hmm. those five years. Which and makes so, sense. It does make sense. It's also fascinating, and there's so, so there are so many complications that come along with that. Yeah. Um. And and I think, uh, you know, it was kind of explored, and it didn't need to be explored super deeply. This wasn't a, a film that needed to be deeply about overcoming this right n- genocidal kind <laughs> of tragedy. But um, e- even one of the opening scenes where where May is inexplicably hosting this this. Auction, I guess, event for charity dinner of sorts for um, people who were displaced by the people who are now homeless, which is like, oh yeah, that would that would cause that would a totally lot of issues. Happen. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So so some of those little thing little touches were, were when really it dealt it, it addressed like why why are we all still in high school when when obviously right. we're older than that mm-hmm. sort of a thing. Sure. You know, which especially like they need to they need to soon move beyond because even Tom Holland with his baby face, you know eventually needs to be out of high school. Um, and, and gosh, uh, Jacob battle on, um, who plays Ned, his best friend is looking every year. Yeah. He's 22 or he three. looks like he's 25 years old. Yeah. I don't think he yeah, is, that one but he well, looks whereas 25. Betty, his girlfriend is, I think actually 18 or 19. So that didn't work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What did you think of? So I, I, I definitely felt like one of the things that helped sell the, the teen romance is that Tom Holland, uh, and Zendaya, feel so high school they like really they do they didn't feel like like with toby Maguire and kirsten dunce again fantastic incredible movies some of the best superhero movies ever made but they but look 35 they <laughs> absolutely <laughs> look like they're in their 30s yeah. and so uh i mean i don't think they were but they just don't feel like high school and it worked more because that that those films weren't about 
kind of the high school nature things, but these ones are, and it works really, really well because yeah. they, they feel like they're in high school. So that really helps. No, I agree. And, and uh, so I'm a, I'm a teacher and like, I know each one of these kids, like Zen, uh, Zendaya's um, MJ. I was like, Oh, I know that awkward girl, you know, or I know Ned who, and Ned and, and, uh, Oh, Betty, Betty. Uh, you know, that the, the sappy couple kind of a thing. And I, I really it's it's been that was a nice way of selling it because I agree. Yeah. The original trilogy of Spider-Man just it, it was wise for them to get them out of high school as fast as possible because they didn't look it. Yeah. What did you guys think of the romance between May Aunt May and I've... Happy Hogan? So is that way? Is that a spoiler? Are we in spoilers? No, that No, that was that was in the trailer. Oh, it was. Oh, it was in the trailer. <laughs> OK. Uh, I didn't know. I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, I thought the way yeah. they play off each other too. It were clearly they didn't really quite know where they yes. stood, but so we didn't know either. But I don't know. I I just thought I thought all of those moments were really fun. It was so yeah. well done, and where she's like not letting him go, get off the hook for he's trying to like uh, get get Peter Parker off the phone and, and you know by just saying some you know inane platitudes toward him and and Aunt May is not letting him get off with just saying like yeah. oh I'll see you later Peter just it, it is really well done and very self-aware absolutely yeah i think like we talked about this this film does a really good job of of selling a lot of those personal moments mm-hmm. but then it also has this, these gigantic action scenes with the, these scenes these action scenes are huge. They're enormous. Yeah. They're really and, big. Um, and as you see in the trailer, again, these aren't spoilers. Um, they're these giant creatures made of like sand and water. It's and, all the elements. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you don't kind of know what they are. And, and obviously we'll dive more into those in spoilers. But it gets really huge. And, and it gets really huge in, in the climactic scenes near the end. And, and one of the issues that inevitably happens in a lot of these MCU films is that you start to – because it's an interconnected universe, you start to feel the yeah. the weight of that. And mm-hmm. the whole time I kept thinking, I know they addressed that, you know, why a lot of the Avengers aren't available, but a lot of them still but are available. a lot of them available. are still around. Yeah. 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 And, so and the whole frankly, time I was like, yeah, okay, the ones they all named are gone, but what, or, or you know, unavailable, but what about Ant-Man still yes. there? You got falcon slash captain america you have uh you have a bunch of people hawkeye you have a bunch of people still available so who who could have real easy just hopped over to london like or or whatever you know i agree or or at least had the phone call because it there were some times uh and again stop me if this gets into the spoilers because i didn't see the trailers like nick fury is um and some of this we can address later but nick fury is pursuing spider-man no you have to be yeah um, you know, one of the Avengers, we need you. The world needs you. Um, and the whole time I was like, but Nick Fury of all people would know, like it actually would have made more sense if like the people were asking for Spider-Man or something like that. If, yeah. if, you know, and actually like his classmates sort of do the classmates continually compare what they see or, or reference Spider-Man. Um, but like, it didn't make sense that Nick Fury is saying like, oh man, just Spider-Man, you are the only one. You Especially know. when it turns into kind of a global, yes, a global attack. Right. Literally, it's all over the globe, and so it's kind of like, isn't this a big deal? This is yeah. a big deal. Why and, are why and where are it says Avengers... the world will like if this one thing happens, the world will implode or whatever. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So that definitely felt 
I mean, that's kind of one of the issues with some of these solo MCU films, but but where Homecoming succeeded was that it, it felt it was always small scale. There was no reason right. why the Avengers would be called in and it was like any of the Netflix films where it just made sense that they were dealing with, you know, boots on the ground, people on the on right. the street level. And that's Spider-Man. That's always been Spider-Man's thing is he is the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. He is not the world saving Avenger. And we are going to talk about him a lot more in spoilers. But what did you think of the addition of Jake Gyllenhaal? Oh, Loved him. He is good. Yeah. Golly. The whole time. And, I, and if you guys are watching this and again, I didn't see the trailers, but if you saw the trailers and knew Mysterio is going to be in it, you know, Mysterio is a Spider-Man bad guy. Um, and so he's, he is played off as not that. And I was, I was genuinely confused. And I was like, Oh, are they rewriting his character? That's kind of cool. Um, and, but the whole time I was thinking Jake Gyllenhaal could 100% be the next, you know, the next Captain America or the next whoever, because he is, you know, so charismatic and he's a good looking guy and could just, and you just want, just like, you know, they, like Nick Fury and Peter Parker, you just want to do whatever he says, you know, and I thought he was fantastic in it. He did such a good job. Yeah. April, what did you think? Yeah, no, Jake Gyllenhaal was, uh, he almost made the movie for me. Tom Holland, him and Tom Holland opposite each other in a lot of the scenes was just great. I thought, yeah, I don't want to give much away, but yeah, Yeah, he was, he he just play. He's just so good. I don't. I just thought he was a very good mm, character. I mean, you said villain. I don't. He's he's a good villain ish. I don't know if that's a spoiler sure. or not. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I, yeah, definitely. And we will dive into spoilers. Uh, is there anything else you want to get to before we dive into spoilers? Um, I would just say this is this could not be a spoiler, but I will say I I really enjoyed how they portrayed MJ in this film as opposed to previous Spider-Mans or previous just the girl or damsel in distress girl crush that, you know, the typical blonde that you see. I I just really appreciated that MJ was just weird and awkward and strange, but yet very charming at the same time. I I really appreciated this, the different type of girl that they cast as MJ. Yeah, she's she's not the manic pixie dream girl either. She's not just this... this, um, object of desire this perfect um girl next door right she's mm-hmm. like like you said she's this weird this wor- weird girl who's who's still cute and fun mm-hmm. but has this weird weird quirkiness to her yeah and she yeah. continually puts him you know like back makes him rock back on his heels just a little bit because she'll he says oh you look really pretty today and she goes oh and so that gives me value you know yeah. like mm-hmm. just you know really what takes a lot of those tropes that you would normally see and we roll our eyes at, but does a great job with it. Yeah. Um, and, and, and takes the lead a lot in, yes. you know, Peter, Peter is wanting to tell her how he feels and she kind of, uh, jumps the gun a little bit yeah. and mm-hmm. kind of, uh, beats him to the punch in a lot of ways. And so, uh, so yeah, that was, that was all, that was all really well done. I totally agree. Yeah. And, and Ned is so funny. He was one of the best parts of the first yes. film mm-hmm. and he's, cause he's so weird too. And, and, uh, and awkward but he's a perfect like best friend character and yes. it works really really well and and really does a whole different version of of that weird awkward funness in this one which is great yeah yep and, and i think uh, particularly that the two that stand out uh are the the two um teacher chaperones martin star and jb smooth mm-hmm. yeah. uh who i think 
are just so funny in this one and just play awkward, stupid, you know, a little bit, you know, stereotypical clueless adults in a teen movie. But I think they do that with a wink to the camera that they they know exactly that they are doing that on purpose. And it's great. Yeah, I would say they they were a little bit too stereotypical, like they were playing that character. Yeah, but they were funny. So it kind of right. it, it was very I, stereotypical while still being funny. So so I it kind of let it slide. Right. So before we dive into spoilers, we have to give our ranking like we always do. Um, our, our system here is whether you recommend people see this film in theaters, whether they should rent it, whether they should catch it on a streaming platform they already have, or whether they should skip it all together. Tyler, what do you say? You have to see this in theaters. Come on, this is a Marvel movie. You have to see this big on the big screen with some good sound, popcorn and Coke in hand, and uh, and you, you just have to watch it. I just don't even think about it. Stream it, of course, a bunch of times later, but you got to watch it in the big screen now. April? Yes, absolutely. See it in theaters. You will not regret it. And I completely agree. Don't see it with 3D because I think that was a mistake. <laughs> But other than that, of course, you should see this in theaters. The effects are awesome, and it's just a great time at the movies. Definitely, definitely recommended. And stay through the credits as well. We'll yeah. dive yeah. into that. Uh, we, come on. Do you guys have – is it just my small town where people have not figured out after 11 years that there are mid- and post-credit scenes? Literally, somebody behind me said – what is everybody staying for? Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. are you joking right now? Like, and he was genuine. Like somebody had to lean over and explain it to him and his family. It was, <laughs> yeah, it was weird. Maybe he got dragged. Well, that was the first Marvel movie. Ever maybe, saw or something. maybe. Yeah. Well, we'll dive into what's in those post credit scenes and more in spoilers. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Well, you look nervous. Is it the scars? You want to know how I got them? In the dream, I knew that he was going on ahead. He's fixing to make a fire somewhere out there in all that dark and all that cold. And I knew that whenever I got there, he'd be there. And then I woke up. All right, everybody. So we, we have to start right with the biggest twist in the whole thing. What did you think about the twist that Mysterio's character took in that he, he is not this, at first he's portrayed as this amazing villain, oh sorry, he's portrayed as this amazing hero from from uh, uh, an alternate universe, an alternate earth, oh. and that he's this hero to come and save the earth, he's, he could be the next Iron Man, and then it turns out he's actually just a disgruntled Stark employee uh, who happens to have this team around him who's helping him pull off these fake villains the those elementals are fake and it's just uh uh holograms and and uh drones that that caused the damage what did you think of that whole crazy twist i loved it i i knew mysterio was a villain in the comics that's about yeah. the extent of what i knew so i kind of like i was like oh, are they rewriting him uh, but i i knew that he was going to be bad but i didn't know how they were going to spin it or like i knew somehow he was involved with the um, elementals, I think is what they were called. Um, but I didn't know to what extent or how he was doing it and all that stuff. And when, oh, the scene in the bar where he finally oh, gets no. Edith, which the acronym for that is hilarious. Um, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, like even up until the moment that he smiled, I was like, well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe. And then, then it was all just the 
projection or illusion and was like wow that that was my one of my favorite parts of the whole film were just all those special effects with the um especially when he's getting in the fights with spider-man because both times when they blink to the where where it's real um like the real scene real life again both times got me when it wasn't actually the real life i was like dang it i fell for it again at the end (laughs) but yeah no i i just thought the twist i it was awesome i agree i i I seriously loved it. And again, so, so you guys tell me, did, was, was Mysterio a, a villain in the trailers? Uh, no, he was, we didn't know. Like he was, he was a mystery. It felt like um, it kind of hinted at something off in the trailer. At least that's how I took it. But maybe I just read into things. I don't know. No, I think so. But, and I, cause I think there's a general knowledge that he was going to be the, the villain. Mm-hmm. Right. But cause but they the had tra- named another one. So, right. And you see in the trailer, you do see the elementals appearing. So I, I was kind of trying to figure out, I, I knew he was going to be the villain. Like that's the thing about this movie that, that actually really worked is I knew there was going to be a twist. Like right. th- there's a twist coming. I know there's gonna be a twist. He's going to be the villain somehow. Right. How's it going to happen? And, and even and f- ex- anticipating that the twist worked really well and uh-huh. it still got me. So for me, those are the best twists. Like even like it kind of doesn't matter. The actual spoiler itself doesn't matter. It's how are they going to get there? Mm -hmm. Like that's more of what intrigues me. I mean, it kind of depends on what the spoiler is, I think. But like, but, but for this again, same thing I knew and I hadn't, you know, without seeing it, I knew that he was this, the villain. So the whole time I was, yeah, like I said before, I was, I was confused and I thought, Oh, maybe they are doing the multiverse. That's fantastic because the Earth six one six thing mm-hmm. is straight out of like deep Marvel stuff. Like the Marvel multiverses, and I was I thought, which by the way is our theory. Um, if you guys listen over to the Geek Card Check podcast, we just covered um, the X Men film franchise and kind of talking about how we're we're hoping they're going to be worked into uh, uh, the MCU as they as it looks like they will be. Um, we think that they'll be able to do that through, uh, and at least Deadpool through multi- multiverses, um, because that door was sort of opened in Endgame, and and then they called it out in this, and I thought, oh my gosh, we're we're completely right, and then it turned out to be, you know, yeah, a hope. lie, maybe a lie, you know, maybe not, you know, maybe it is, it's just their their hint at what's about to happen, but I loved it, and Jake well, Gyllenhaal. So I would say everything. if if it is. I, if it's not a lie, then I think it's a big failure because um, then that would be Jake Gyllenhaal just guessing at the truth. Like he made well, it. Well, I up. wonder because he was he was a, like a super high level Stark employee, so I do. But wonder years if he ago, no, years ago, yeah. It's uh, yeah. Either way, I I would agree, and so I I do wonder now. Oh shoot! Like yeah, did they did they you know um did they open that door way too early? Um, but yeah. Anyway, that's what that's what I'm hoping for. But I I I think. Jake Gyllenhaal is is he might have been uh, if we hadn't just had Thanos, who mm-hmm. was so charismatic and so mm-hmm. good as a villain, I might have said he was our best villain in the MCU. Yeah, he's so good. Yeah, he's up there. I mean, I, I would I would put um, um, what's his name, Michael B. Jordan. I forget this oh, character's true. name from, from Black Panther. I would uh, Killmonger. Yeah, I would put him up there. True. Maybe Thanos, then Killmonger. Um, he might be third. I mean, uh, he's a fantastic he's villain for sure. So um, good. Yeah, as that bar scene was playing out before Spider Man left the bar, I was thinking two things. I was thinking he's got his mask off. Yeah. In this, but he's exactly. still in the Spider Man uniform in a bar full of people. Yep. Why is this not weird? Which, first of all, 
even though it was a you know a that's a still his effect. own fault for <laughs> yeah like I was still that's on him like why did he not why did he I, I don't understand why he still allowed himself to be there he didn't look around and think oh all of these people are seeing me um, and then the other thing was that Peter Billingsley was the bartender and so I saw oh, really? him and I was like hold on a second he was in the first Iron Man. I am so, why is he in this? Because I know he's really good friends with John Favreau, so I was like, right. I guess he's just getting another cameo, but he was already in Iron Man. He had <laughs> lines. He played a scientist. I was like, I, I didn't okay. remember it. I didn't, I didn't recognize him either. Uh, oh, yeah. I told And so, so when I saw him, I was like, okay, that's weird. Maybe he'll have a line here or something. I don't know. And then that twist happened and it, and it, and it totally worked. So, um, so yeah, I, I thought that was great. Um, now, I mean, the scene itself is very expository. He yes. just kind of talks through the whole plan, which we needed. I mean, we needed to be updated. I actually and loved it. Just like calling out and thanks to Karen for da da da. Right. Like, right. Just crack, like I I've been in yeah. meetings and, and businesses that have done stuff like that. It was just <laughs> hilarious because it's such a large, ridiculous scale. And he's just talking to him like, it's just not well, a big yeah. deal. A nice series of deep cuts into the MCU, like really well done. And I, I hadn't been back to check like that one. I remembered I, like once they played the scene um, with uh, with Peter Billingsley in the in Iron Man, I, I put that together, but I didn't recall anybody else. Well, the um, others I don't believe. Oh, were they weren't actually there. I, my, okay, I don't believe they were. I could be wrong on that, but I'm I'm, I'm like I mean, obviously Jake Gyllenhaal wasn't in the Civil War. Right. Um, I'm that would have sure been the rest of awesome. Them, yeah, I'm pretty sure the rest of them were not. Uh, <laughs> sure. I think okay. I think they added Peter Billingsley in there to be the real one, and so it's like, oh yeah, I remember. Well, that how guy. do you hide a lie? You hide it within the truth. Yeah, exactly. That works. So, yeah. um, but yeah, I think that I, I do. Even though it was very expository, like it, it was it was funny. Like the whole shout outs thing, because it was just it really so was. like mm-hmm. it was so dumb. Like that <laughs> it was that it was funny, um, and it sold him as the maniacal guy yeah. too. Like. Where he's oh he's he fired me for being unstable or whatever he says and I was like oh yeah because you're crazy yeah mm-hmm. he does play he does play both sides of the crazy really well in that yes. he's not just over the top like no he, he's he's a smart guy obviously and then and then he'll just kind of like start to lose his temper um in a, in a really subtle way like he doesn't just start smashing things around like you might right. see in a lesser film but uh this one keeps him reined in and just kind of believably angry and crazy and so that really he, he plays and that he just very turns well. the drones on somebody really quick yep. yeah yeah, that was very good. And then, and then little things like during the climactic battle where he's talking through comms, you know, checking on all his people, checking on the drones, and then he he checks on Karen, who's iron, who's uh, you know, steaming <laughs> his it. cloak. Uh, you know, that was just it was hilarious. <laughs> it was it was really well done. Well, it served no thought, purpose. I even thought of that as like sort of, and maybe I'm reading way too much into it, but like Spider Man is sort of taking on the mantle of of the Avengers after this. And he's, he is literally pressing his mantle to, to take it away from Spider-Man too. I thought that yeah. was, it was so mm-hmm. well done with just some of those things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think we're all in agreement that Jake Gyllenhaal was a fantastic, uh, pick for Mysterio. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea again, the trailer thing. I loved it when he, when he flew in in Mexico or wherever it was, I was like, Jake Gyllenhaal's in this, this is amazing. I had no clue. That's <laughs> wild. Yeah. That's awesome that you didn't know that. I love, I am loving my non-trailer life. It's great. Mm. Chad Guyton would be so proud. No, I don't think I could do it. I'm too curious. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard for me. I decided this week, this is 
completely off topic, but we're going to get back to the to Spider-Man. Um, the trailer for Knives Out came out this week, which is Ryan Johnson's Ooh, upcoming seen. film. Um, they're calling it a Ryan Johnson whodunit, like classic, oh, like yeah, like Brick. Uh, well, kind of. Well, throw he's directly throwing back to Agatha Christie style oh, no uh, murder way. mysteries, and um, and so like I said, this one hundred percent off topic. And so um, I decided he tweeted something about like here's the trailer, but also there are things that would be awesome to see in the movie for the first time. So if you want to watch it, it doesn't give away big spoilers, but if you want to experience it fresh, maybe you don't watch the trailer. And so I was Good like, for him, yeah. So I was nice. like, okay, well then there you go. I won't watch it. And so um, so especially for a whodunit of all of yeah. all things, right? You don't want to start figuring out before you yeah. get into it. Yeah. So back to anyway. Spider Man. Back to Spider Man. So uh, the climactic battle scene that I have referenced m- multiple times here, the the London when when uh, Mysterio oh, so attacks. Good. London. Um, Tyler just said, ah, so good. What did you like about that? I liked, um, okay. What I liked about it is that it, it went inside the battle in a very different way than we've seen before. Um, it wasn't just again, big blue light, you know, shooting into the sky and then inexplicable things happening. Um, there are things that like I can get, we could get nitpicky about, um, with the whole drone thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I think those are, there's some things that if you start thinking about it too much, it doesn't work. Um, but what I liked, I liked that it went into the whole mystique of it all. And like that, that he's fighting inside the illusion. I thought that was super interesting. Um, and I like how it is all turned on its head toward the end. Um, while I was watching it, I got a little bit CGI'd out because I think, uh, I think there are some things about CGI that have gotten worse lately. Um, and I think one of them is smoke and water. They both look worse than normal, mm. uh, or than they used to. Um, and so this one, I kept just noticing CGI smoke. There's one thing where they're standing in front of two cars toward the end. I think it's on the tower bridge in London. And those cars behind them were not on fire. They, they was CD smoke behind them and it was really distracting to me. Um, I think during the, during the, um, the big kiss at the end, um, and uh, but but at the same time, what I really liked about the battle was when the two of them, um, when when Peter Parker and uh, Mysterio uh, faced off in the end, and then you get the last bit of a fake out with him, um, you know, choking him right before he dies, and then how that's used, which we have to talk about, obviously the the big twist, the other big twist in the end. Um, but that's what I really liked about it. Yeah, I, I agree with you on a lot of what you said. Um, it was it was. I loved the whole thing of him, uh, of uh, Peter getting the drones, kind of the way he was inside the mm-hmm. illusion. That was that was interesting, but I agree the rest of it just didn't look good. Nope. To be honest, um, it's it's this it's this issue of almost having too much money. It seems like yeah. where it's like you're you're putting too many effects in it, and you're kind of not even trying to make it look real because it just didn't. And that's the whole thing is it's supposed. I wonder to look if they real. were trying to go with the illusion thing and like making us. I don't think so. Feel, you just, don't think so? I just don't think it looked good. But then also, you know, one thing I, I've often on this podcast criticized uh, about about a lot of superhero movies is is when superheroes will have um, faceless gray hordes of, of, of villains that you can just yes. kill a million of them and it doesn't matter, right? Well, this one didn't have that. It didn't have faceless gray hordes. Instead, it had it had faceless drones, white drones, and so yeah. he can he can defeat a million quote unquote henchmen right he can just smash destroy all these drones without actually killing anybody without hurting anybody without risking much and uh so you know it's fine like it was just kind of 
easy. And I, I just, I want to see somebody face off against a human being and, and risk human life. Cause that has more weight than just drones, you know? Um, so I don't I feel know. like that's been done though. I don't know. I, th- I thought it was a different enough of a take. Like it was fresh. It was something I hadn't seen before. So I actually sure. really enjoyed it. Cause the, Oh, if you come any closer, I'm going to kill her. Like that's been done yeah. a million times, which sure, I like. It, d- it definitely raises the stakes, but I kind of liked that this one stayed just a little lighter. I think I think going off kind of what we were saying earlier after Endgame, you almost needed something that Yeah. I mean, it was still high sure. stakes, but it wasn't just so emotionally like made you so raw like Endgame did. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, that is true. I I, d- I definitely think it hasn't been done before, which is which is a, a good thing about it. Um, it was very big, very big for, for Spider-Man alone to handle, which we already kind of talked about, but that's all right. Um, and then, uh, what did you think? So yeah, let's dive into kind of that, that fake out at the end. Um, those illusions for sure got me. It got me too. I fell for it twice. I felt so dumb. Yeah. Uh, that when the, the first one, I guess before the end, the end, that, that first one, when the train hits, spider-man i mean that was that was good that that there was a little bit of a jump there uh-huh. oh yeah when the totally. train hit him um so because he got hit by, by that train yeah i yeah. i think that was well done yeah mm-hmm. yeah and and everything the way he kept um the, the one thing i i wasn't i didn't quite i couldn't follow because they were trying so many fake outs was what nick fury knew and what he didn't know um like when happy called fury and kind of gave him that coded message mm-hmm. yeah i genuinely it wasn't that it faked me out it was like i genuinely don't understand if he understood the message if he listened, played along if real he fast did anything like i genuinely didn't understand what was happening um so i think i think they kind of lost me a little bit in that shuffle did, did you guys feel that way at all um i think i pretty much assumed that whatever that message was meant like hey good guy's actually bad guy or whatever like right. i don't know he just said appearances can be deceiving yeah uh, and i like that they called that out he's like come on like a kid could have figured that one out you know that it wasn't it wasn't deep secret code uh i so this is one of those things i think where i where if you start thinking about it a bit too much then things start unraveling mm-hmm. um like the fact that he was never Nick Fury in the first place. Right. Right. Um, and so at that point, then how much of it was an illusion? Because then we have illusions on illusions on illusions here. Right. Um, and, and, you know, Nick Fury is wherever he is. And I haven't done, you know, you know, research or looked into, you know, where Nick Fury was other than I think he was on a scroll ship somewhere. But, um, I, we just get, you know, so is, is, so shield seems to actually be working. The guy is actually truly impersonating Nick Fury. Um, but is it, you know, is it part of some bigger plan? Does and Nick seems to know that he's being impersonated, but you know, was, was Nick Fury, um, taken away in the snap or was it just this one guy? I, I don't know. All, all of that stuff starts to unravel much, much like the, the other illusions that Mysterio puts in, like how is, if these things are just holograms, which we also see go through stuff, how is Spider-Man being, um, being tossed about by these illusions when he shouldn't have been tossed about by them? Like, I don't know. It's, there's things that just, 
Well, to, to I, I can address you just talk about many things. So the first yeah. with the drones or with the with the illusions, um, thinking back through it, I don't think he was ever tossed about. I think he was blown back by explosions by those or those sonic things that they have. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So so I think that's like it never grabbed him. Yeah. Um, or it grabbed Mysterio. And Mysterio sure. flew around inside it, but of course that was all that was all an illusion. So, um, so I think that's kind of um, it was all it was all just the drones. But uh, as far as everything with Nick Fury, um, yeah, that end credit scene. We'll talk about the uh, the the mid credit scene, thing, yeah, uh, in depth, I'm sure. But the the very end credit scene where it reveals um, what's her name, Robin? What's her name? Uh, Maria Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, Robin and Nick Fury when it reveals them to be Kroll. Um, man, that completely lost me. That makes no sense. Then it cuts to Nick Fury, who's off in space with no explanation or understanding of what he's doing. He's in charge of wherever he is, but it, he, it, it, there's no, I don't under, I don't understand. This whole thing was an illusion that makes no sense. Right. Did you guys follow it? Um, no, but I will say in the middle of it all, uh, because who was it? Maybe Jake Gyllenhaal was the one that made reference to we got to be really good if we're going to um, deceive Nick Fury because he's re- like one of the smartest guys ever. So for me, that at least explained how he was able to get past Nick Fury because it wasn't actually Nick Fury. That's true. That is, that that is yeah true. yeah that's, good point. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, I I, I just wish that there was. I, I understand it's an it's an end credit scene, but it's an end credit scene that makes you reevaluate the entire movie. Mm-hmm. And so now I want to know what his deal was right and i have no idea what his deal was uh, so um so i was i was kind of disappointed with that end credit scene um yeah i genuinely don't don't understand where that was going uh you know it, and obviously it's a tease for a future movie but um to be clear they have not announced what their next movie is i don't believe which no. is fascinating um yeah, even the ones i think coming out in march well and we're gonna get I'm going to assume that's going to get rolled out at Comic-Con pretty soon. Uh, they are not going to Comic-Con. Oh, seriously? Really? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, Comic-Con, I think, is kind of uh, wrapping itself up as the place where everybody announces things. DC is barely going there. Uh, yeah. Now, D23, I think, is happening soon, so they may uh, throw things out there. But, uh, yeah. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I don't know what the next film to be released is. could be Black Widow. Um, which is filming now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I'm not sure that anything's actually. Well, we have filmed. we have a whole phase four happening, and you know, I, I would bet you a lot of that's going to get tied with uh, with Disney Plus. With is that what's called again? Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, then there's Apple Plus, isn't that the other thing now? Or Apple TV Plus? Uh, something like that. Yeah. So anyway, I, I I bet you we'll get something soon, and I kind of like this little tiny no man's land that we have right now. Of maybe we can just get a few fun movies, you know, that maybe eventually will tie into something bigger, but like Iron Man, we had no idea that Iron Man would tie into something bigger mm-hmm. later, you know? So I'm excited. So, uh, let's, let's talk about the mid credits scene, which oh, was huge. Uh, yeah. that, that, that is one of the best mid credits scene I have ever seen Agreed. In, in that it accomplishes something really rare. It, uh, 
it made me immediately need to see the next Spider-Man movie. Yes. Exactly. Right now. Yes. And that was incredible. So just to recap, uh, obviously it has uh, uh, it has Peter Parker flying around New York City with Mary Jane, which was hilarious. So funny. Mm-hmm. And so real because that would be freaking scary. And so yeah. that was great. Uh, so I loved that twist. And then once he lands, it reveals – it has like three twists, like back to back to back. It reveals J.K. Simmons back yes. as J. Jonah Jameson, Love which is it. amazing. So excited. And now he's playing like an Alex Jones type. Yes. Um, <laughs> so good. Uh, and so I loved that twist. And then the twist on the twist is that he's announcing that before Mysterio died, they, they edited this video of uh, that made it seem like Spider-Man is the real villain. He's the one who really made those elementals and, and, uh, and that he's an enemy. And so now uh, you have kind of a throwback to uh, what we saw in the, in the original trilogy where he is, or in Spider-Man two, I should say in that he is now a villain and, or at least people think he's a villain. And so Mm -hmm. the next movie is going to be him on the run or, or whatever. So that was, an amazing twist. I was yeah. so I was so glad. So yeah, what did you guys think? I was not expecting that at all. And that is huge. Yeah. Spider-Man always huge. like all the movies, his identity is kept like that's one of the fun things about it is Oh yeah, I didn't even say that. Yeah, they revealed that he that they revealed his identity as Peter Parker yeah. in addition to revealing that he's a villain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was the big like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe what is he going to do? I was I was literally just kind of like you said. I was like, I need to watch the next one, and I'm very excited about it. I guess Marvel's not going to let us know when that's going to be, but I wonder if they would play that into maybe a different movie. Uh, oh, I hope not. I don't know. I hope not because that's such a great storyline. Like that yeah. they're about to do. It already sets it up like, oh, this is going to be a great movie. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a question of, huh, where do they go from here? It's like, oh no, I know exactly what's happening in the third movie, and I want to see how they wrap it up. And so I hope that they're they start filming soon. That it's kind of one of their next movies because. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope it sort of takes the uh, the Iron Man mantle again of of putting out a couple of them before we really get into the whole big whatever the new the new mm-hmm. crisis is yeah. um, and lets him just be Spider-Man a couple times. Yeah. I wonder yeah. if it's Marvel's way of also letting us know like hey, we're treating Spider-Man like we treated Iron Man. Like yeah. like in the in the in the universe that's what they're saying but like in the movie world like you know yeah put more well, weight in these movies exactly like like iron man it is a question yes. mark of what's coming next mm-hmm. you know we don't really know we have ideas of what might come next but we don't really know so yeah i think it's uh i think it's awesome now the other th- side of it is with this reveal they can't use or or i should say they shouldn't use spider-man in any other mcu movie because it wouldn't make sense right because then they'd have to deal with that right. in right. the other movie so so before there is a team-up film they've got to address this so right. this has to be one of their upcoming movies well so. we've got the, the movies that have been an, uh, at least have either been announced or low-key announced obviously black widow like you've mentioned guardians of the galaxy 3 um doctor strange and black panther 2 um the Eternals, Nova, Captain Marvel 2, things like that. So we've at Thor 4 and 3. Uh, we've got a few things coming. Obviously, they'll make another Deadpool movie. Um, it's just I'm I'm genuinely curious what all of that is going to lead to. And I think they should do what they did with Avengers. And it, and it leads to another more low-key thing, um, you know, with, with not 
you know, not such world ending consequences, but slowly build again. Yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely. And I'm curious to see, you know, a, a kind of a trademark of the MCU for the first few years was showing everybody their hand right yes here's all the films that are going to come out even to the point where some of the films that they announced they ended up canceling right and so and now it's the exact opposite we have they have released every single film that they've officially uh put a release date on like you said there are films that they've announced are happening right but we don't know what the next film to release is and so um it's it's really a, a, a new it definitely feels like a new era for um for the and i kind of love it i kind of love that we just don't know yeah yeah it's fascinating awesome well unless there's anything else you guys wanted to add i feel like that wraps up our discussion of spider-man far from home all right and with that we will dive into the second film in our double feature tonight a decidedly smaller film called yesterday this was my last gig if it has happened by now it's like a miracle Miracles happen. What happened? Electricity flicked off all over the world. (laughs) (laughs) Yesterday, Ellie bought you a present. All my troubles seem so far away. Now it looks as though they're here to stay. Oh, I believe in yesterday. Oh Why did you write that? I didn't write it. Paul McCartney wrote it. The Beatles. Who? Well, IMDb describes yesterday as a struggling musician realizes he's the only person on Earth who can remember the Beatles after waking up in an alternate timeline where they never existed. Which I saw the trailer for this and I thought the the whole concept and idea behind this movie was brilliant. I would say this is out of all the movies coming out this summer, I was this is one of the ones I was most excited to see. Um, I also am a big into music and I like the Beatles. I'm not a huge Beatles yes. fan necessarily, but I'm just love music and uh, songwriting. So this is right up my alley and I love more indie type feeling movies anyway. So, um, what did you guys think of yesterday? Um, spoiler free, uh, Daniel. Why don't we start with you? I am right there with you in that I, I like the smaller films. I love music-centered films. Mm-hmm. Um, they're always some of my favorites of the year. You know, A Star Is Born last year, La La Land, Sing Street. You know, I just love, I just love music-centered films. And so, I won't beat around the bush. I loved yesterday. Uh, I think this is a fantastic film. So much fun. There are certainly problems with the movie, but but they're so overshadowed by the absolute charm of the film. The obviously the the plot device is silly and it's it's high concept, but it's it's fun. It's high concept and fun. Um, Danny Boyle's directorial style was a great fit because he just brings energy to it all and and obviously richard curtis writes romance and rom-com specifically so well he's just a legend and so um he brings his his signature romance to it and and it feels so good and Mm so this could have really been a very bland rom-com in the wrong hands but with the two of them it feels polished and confident and energetic in a great way 
Himish Patel was a great lead as Jack Malik. He yes. he brought this authenticity to the role, especially being somebody that I I didn't know. He's mm-hmm. unknown to me. Uh, I don't know if he's been in much, uh, but he brought this authenticity to the role that made the whole ridiculous journey more believable. Mm-hmm. And then Lily James is is just so charming. She is amazing in everything and always so real and really wears her heart on her sleeve. And so you really feel that here. And so. It was just fun to watch this guy live out kind of a fantasy and paired with, of course, great music, which was fantastic. And now, like I said, there, there were a couple problems with this movie, even though they were overshadowed by how great it was. Um, first of all, Kate McKinnon thrives yeah. on SNL because it's ridiculous and silly and over the top in that setting. And here, all of those same traits are completely out of place. She very nearly ruined every single scene she was in. Um, I think she's downright terrible in this movie, distractingly bad. It made me angry every time she was on screen. Hmm. I think that part could have been played by anyone. And she tried to make this goofy, silly character out of it that was so distracting and unnecessary and, worst of all, unfunny. And so um, I, 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 I'm very upset that she was even in this film. It didn't. It was. It was very bad. Um, so that was a big complaint. I was very disappointed by that. Um, my other and, and probably more substantial complaint um, is is just. I'll, I'll talk more about this in spoilers. But with a high concept plot, you really need to stick the landing. And to be honest, this one just didn't. It just kind of the the way they resolve you know this whole thing because you know there's going to be some sort of you're the whole time you're waiting how is this gonna how is this gonna resolve how is this gonna wrap up because the Beatles don't exist now that he's bonked his head right so so how is it gonna resolve and and honestly it kind of just fizzled out for me so I, I was a little bit disappointed with the way that it ended I really wanted good resolution to the ridiculous kind of setting that they were in just kind of copped out unfortunately so even so like I said at the top those those complaints do not overshadow the rest of the film it's so much fun so joyful and happy and it just didn't even matter what my complaints were at the end because i just really enjoyed this movie and and i think lots of people will really enjoy this film as well yeah no i think that's i agreed a lot agreed with a lot of what you said um tyler what did you think I yeah I agree with almost everything that you said. I think we we might and, and we'll get to the specifics on in spoilers. We might disagree a bit on the ending. I think, but but yeah, I I loved it. I love the Beatles. I just like Daniel said. I love uh, and April said. Uh, I love um, uh, films about music. Films centering around music. I love indie films. I love Danny Boyle. Again, my whole like not watching trailers. I didn't know this was a Danny Boyle film. I had <laughs> no idea. And the moment his name came up, I like sat up a little straighter in my seats and I thought, oh, we're going to be in, to, in for a better ride than I even thought um, because he's just great. And um, there are a few good twists and turns throughout that I that I really enjoyed that made me, um, that made me just uh, think and smile. Um, there are some... Uh, this is a heartwarming film on just about every single level. Hmm. Um, I smiled my way through it. I laughed. It is a, it is a hilarious, funny film. And you know, I, I don't, um, do you guys have the, uh, his, his friend's name, his roadie's name off the top of your heads? Oh, Rocky. Yes. Rocky. What was his, what was the actor's name? Joel Fry. Joel Fry. He turned out for just a side character. You know, I love a good quirky, you know, funny side character. Mm-hmm. Joel Fry does an amazing job just as some, some comic relief in a funny movie already. Um, that doesn't 
doesn't put it far over the top. Um, I would compare this to obviously, like Daniel said, Bohemian Rhapsody, a star is born. It's a star is born, but, but happier. Um, it's that thing you do. I would put it up there, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, and just, it tells a story we've seen before. It, it, it tells the story of a rise of a musician, um, sort of the fall of a musician. Um, but it does it in a, in a very new way. And, and kind of its central thesis is the world is a better place when you have the Beatles in it. And I think I kind of agree. Mm. Yeah, no, I think I would agree too. I, I agree with both of you in that I really enjoyed this film. I, I just thought everything about it. I mean, there's obviously plot issues, um, which we will get into in strugglers, but I think my favorite thing about this film, one of them, um, that you don't see in a lot of films was that one of the main conflicts is, um, and this is in the trailer, so we don't have to, it's not a spoiler, but you see this, this, um, songwriter who's struggling. And in the beginning, you just see the struggling artist, which I, I loved that whole just struggle of, well, when do I quit? At what point do you right. just give up? But the thing that is most interesting, ethically speaking, is he fall. he kind of falls into this, Uh, Obviously, he wakes up. He remembers the Beatles. They don't exist in this world. And so he is at an ethical dilemma of, do I take this music where literally no one in the world's going to know that I'm taking it, right? but it's still not mine? So it's not... Like, is it wrong? Is it not wrong? Just seeing this... It was was just a very interesting... um, I don't know, morality issue that I thought... I don't know. I just I've never seen that before, and I don't know what I would do in that situation either. Right. I want to I, I want to get into that more in in spoilers with you too because I I love I actually really love how they resolve that. Mm-hmm. I think there's a couple of really good things, and they resolve it in two different ways. Um, and so yeah, I want to I want to make sure we really hit on that in spoilers. Yeah, we we for sure will. The yeah, and I I kind of I think the ending does struggle a little bit. I agree with Daniel. Um, it's. Uh, without getting into spoilers, it just, it ends, to me, it ends bigger than I think mm-hmm. was necessary in some ways. Yeah. And and I think tonally this film kind of went back and forth between being a more like straight up comedy and a romance film. And it ended more on one where the mo- rest of the movie was the other, but we can get into that more in spoilers. So yeah, is there anything else non-spoiler wise that y'all want to add before we move on? Uh, yeah, um, what did you guys think of Ed Sheeran? Obviously, oh yeah, um, huh. kind of, kind of. Uh, well, he was playing himself, of course, but kind, kind of his act, his acting debut. Um, and he had a um, substantial role. His acting role. debut was in the game. Of, he was. He had a That's why I said that. that's why I said that. But but he actually had a substantial role here. Mm-hmm. I, I actually kind of thought it was going to be a cameo. Yeah. But he he was a legitimate supporting role in this film. Yeah. So what did you guys think of him? Yeah, I thought I thought he did great. I didn't have any issues with his acting or. I mean, he's playing himself, and he's kind of he yeah, comes across right. kind of like a nerd. He's a little awkward for being as superstar as he is, um, but I like which it. I think is him. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. I think right. it is him, and I think I think that was exactly what the film needed. I think it needed uh, because they're selling it as this is this is our real world minus these couple of things, and there are actually it's more than just the Beatles that are gone. Which that we might that was that. great. Yeah, I, I liked the few things that they added in. Uh, or I guess that they took away. Um, but I, 
I think that they needed an edge an Ed Sheeran to to sell that even more. Mm-hmm. You know, if we had gotten some nondescript pop star um, of this new world, I think it would have just taken us completely out of it. So we needed it, right. even from like immediately. And this was in I think this was in a trailer that I I, I think I saw afterward. Don't they mention Coldplay in the trailer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So like, it, well, it's not fix you. You know, it's, it's <laughs> nothing nothing too special. And I was like, yes, I love that. So well done. Before we move on, I wanted to mention too. I. I definitely thought there were scenes where Kate McKinnon was over the top, but I did not have such a visceral reaction as you did. Really? Yeah, I thought. Man, I thought I, I thought she I was agree. truly terrible. I mean, she wasn't my favorite by any means, but I don't know. She 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 just the she approaches roles, and I feel this way about I think any movie that I've seen her in. She approaches every character as if it's an SNL character, and you can't like. SNL characters are over the top and wild and silly and goofy and funny because it's a different setting. It's a different mm-hmm. type of performing. And she's amazing on SNL. She's one of the best. But it, when she gets into these roles, she approaches everything like it has to be wild and big and silly and funny. And that character didn't call for it. Now, part of that could be directing. That could be Danny Boyle's mm-hmm. fault. He could have, I'm sure he'd. Because he can do some over the top stuff. Well, and he could have directed her to do that. That could be exactly what he wanted her to do. Yeah, but this either is why way, I argue. whoever's fault it was, I thought it was so distracting. And it, she was trying to be these, the, the comedic center of every film or every scene that she was in and and i never found it funny it was just annoying to me yeah i mean it wasn't my favorite but i didn't i didn't hate it on a personal level like you did but (laughs) yeah i agree with you (laughs) it offended me deeply (laughs) uh i heard a uh back to ed sheeran i i uh, read a a fan theory today that uh, yesterday is based on Ed Sheeran's life and that he is secretly <laughs> trying to tell us that he is actually from an alternate dimension uh, or uh, th- where he is stealing other people's songs. I so, agree. So there you go. You yeah, know what? So. I buy into it. He doesn't look like he would be as good as he is. <laughs> so there you go. See? Well, and, it makes and sense. And they kept saying that. I, this is not a spoiler, I don't think. They kept talking about how ugly Himesh Patel is. Oh, yeah. He is not. Like, the yeah, whole no. time. And I was like, he's a fine looking yeah. Like, I guess it was yeah. weird when he didn't have teeth. Well, and even they try fine. to make Lily James' character like, I'm just right. a girl with frizzy hair. I'm like, no, you're gorgeous. I'm right. I know. <laughs> Lily James. Yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. Another thing that I thought was, I mean, it totally did not distract it at all. But I, what, they he got too big too fast, I felt like. I, I kept feeling like they kept talking about all the songs. Obviously, the Beatles songs are amazing, but if if you were if people were genuinely hearing them for the first time, sure they would like them. But it was like Kate McKinnon's character was saying things like, "We're about to make all the money in the world," and like acting like before he's ever mm-hmm. released anything. These songs are the greatest things I've ever heard in my entire life, and like he's gonna be this enormous star. I was like. Calm down. You don't know what's going to happen. You've never heard these songs before. Well, so I, I, think, I, I just kind of oh. felt like they, they didn't quite question the premise that, like, if you just hear the Beatles songs, it's the greatest song you've ever heard. And it was they kind of didn't question that enough. But, again, that, that didn't distract. That was just kind of like a nitpick. Well, I think for the for a two-hour – or it was a little over two-hour runtime, I, I actually think they did. Like, mm-hmm. when he's trying to play – what was he trying to play for his his parents? Let, it, it, let be. it be. Let it be. That oh my gosh! I right love to bring that up scene. that scene. Phenomenal. This has some of the best comedy just mm-hmm. in a while. I think the the scene where he's playing, trying to play "Let It Be" for his parents, um, does that as well as like they show a few times in pubs where yeah. he's playing other songs and stuff. And and so I bought it. Like 
I agree. It's it's a fast, it's you know meteoric rise. But some of that I just kind of just attributed to the t- the runtime. Mm-hmm. They've got sure, they got to sure. cram it in in two hours. Yeah, I, I yeah. feel like it, it, it didn't bother me. Well, because the the pub scenes where he's playing the Beatles songs was a montage, so you would just assume right. that more like more time has passed than what they sure. actually yeah. showed. Sure. Yeah, that that uh, that scene, Tyler, that you brought up, the where he's trying to play "Let It Be." Oh my gosh, um, it's so funny. I, I I don't know if you're an artist of any kind. Mm-hmm. I think you might have yep. experienced that. Yes. Um, I felt that scene mm-hmm. in oh. my soul. <laughs> um, I, I'm I'm a videographer, and and uh, I. I Anytime I try to show my work for people, whether it be family, whether it be mm-hmm. uh, coworkers, whether it be my boss, whether it be people that I'm just trying to show show my work, man, they'll pull out their cell phone, <laughs> they'll talk through it, they'll ask me. The worst is when they ask me questions. They'll ask me questions about the thing that I'm showing them. And <laughs> In the middle I, of it, literally that scene, I was like, because it was perfect. This is a absolute compliment to the movie i was squirming i was uncomfortable (laughs) because it was so painfully real uh i felt that uh that was that was a perfect i have actually sat down and played on the piano songs that i've written for my parents and like the dog starts barking or they're like oh wait we need to check the mail later like murmuring among themselves i'm like oh my gosh i just felt it on a very personal level (laughs) so good it was so good uh so yeah that was that was uh, thank you for bringing that up Tyler because that was probably my favorite scene in the whole it movie. might be the best scene in the movie it's oh, so good man. it was so painful uh so yeah I, I love this movie like I said I, I feel like it, I'm coming across negative I loved this movie mm. so so much um yeah I have nitpicks but uh, honestly it's one of my favorite films of the year so yep, far same. like I think it's my number two movie of the year right I now I think it is um, for me right now too behind Endgame so uh, you know what? We're this is a plug for our next episode. We're actually going to talk about our top three films of 2019. So I'm not going to answer your question. Ah. I'm going to. You have to tune in to the next episode mm. to find out what my favorite film of the year dead, so dead, far dead. is. Yes, but uh, but I am revealing that yesterday is my number two right now. Yeah, it's definitely on my top. Oh yeah, it is my number two. Oh, you guys, come on. Um, y'all are brothers or something. Dan- yeah, is it Daniel and I usually have very similar top fives. <laughs> yep. Okay. Well, before we jump into spoilers, why don't you guys? Let everyone know what you recommend. Is this a see in theaters, rent it, stream it, or skip it all together? Daniel, what do you think? Well, uh, absolutely. I think you should see it in theaters because it's just phenomenal and it's fun. And I think, you know, Spider-Man, people listening to that episode, I'm sure I've already seen it. Everybody's seen Spider-Man. This is a film that maybe you haven't seen. And uh, I really think you should go check it out. I genuinely believe that uh, this is a crowd pleaser. I think Mm -hmm. that... This is a movie that a lot of people are really, really going to like. And so, I mean, who doesn't like the Beatles? But it's more than that. It's not just, hey, do you like the Beatles? I mean, it's more than that. And so uh, I definitely think you should see this in theaters, though I don't think it's going to lose anything at home. So if you just Mm -hmm. can't get out, can't go to the theater, or you're listening to this after it's already left theaters, um, absolutely, it's worth, worth, you know, $3.99 renting it at home um, because it's fantastic. Awesome. Tyler, what do you think? Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I think this is one you could uh, easily take the family to. This is not uh, deeply dirty, you know, or anything like that at all. It's it's funny. It's it's heartwarming. Deeply dirty. <laughs> well, I mean, like you can't take it. It's, it's only slightly not dirty. Not shallowly well, it, dirty. I, I, just yeah. Well, I was like, you can't take kids put it. to this. I, I I would assume. <laughs> I, I'm trying to think of as a whatever, guys. You know. Go see this in the theaters. If not, I agree with you. Uh, you could rent it, but it—you know—you want the—you want the sound. You want the experience. I say, see it in theaters. 
Awesome. And I agree. I think you should see it in theaters. Support smaller movies. And can I just say, I am very happy that there have been two movies tonight that I've been super excited and pumped for after a slew (laughs) of mediocre movies this summer. Agreed. Uh, Yeah. Finally, I think the rut is over. Knock on wood. We'll see if it continues. Um, All right. Well, with that, let's jump into spoilers. You're listening to the Screeners Podcast. Let's get into some spoilers. What we talked about the let it be scene. For me, one of my favorite scenes, and I want to get what kind of what you guys thought about it and what you didn't like about it. But did did y'all like when they were ta- like building up the world's biggest marketing meeting? And I don't, oh. I, I can't remember what they <laughs> called it. Um, but literally, they jumped to it, and it's like the biggest table I've ever seen <laughs> in my yes. life. And. I just thought that was brilliant. And, 50 and it was Winston from New Girl. Yeah. Yes. Morris cameo. was like, heck yeah. That was fantastic. Yeah. And no, pretty it was well funny. his character, as if he was selling, you know, uh, records, it would be exactly what he was doing. I think. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that scene was hilarious. Let me ask you this. I know the trailer obviously already told us that the Beatles were not existing in this timeline, but did y'all, did, were y'all expecting that other things were also not going to be in no, this world? I was so yeah, surprised not at all. by that. I loved that. I thought it was so good because it, it makes perfect sense, too. Of course, other things are missing, too. So I, I loved that. Even random things like cigarettes. Yes. Because, what are, what's a cigarette? And, and it was just, right. it's used just as a punchline, but it works so well. I think my favorite thing oh. is he, he's on the plane with Ed Sheeran and the flight attendant comes up and he's like, um, do you have Coke? And then. Oh, yes. <laughs> and he's like, oh, wait, no, no, no. Sorry, Pepsi, because Coke doesn't My exist. worst nightmare. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but right? Coke, the that drug, was... I'm assuming, did. So. Well, no, and I, I love the little the button right on the very end of, of oh, I feel like Harry Potter after Voldemort, after defeating Voldemort. Who's Harry Potter? And you, you just know what's going <laughs> through his mind, you know? Oh, that was. Because that would, so that's my version of it, right? So I'm, I'm a writer. I, I'm like, yes, this would, that's mine. I couldn't do the Beatles, but I could, I could try and write Harry Potter. And I actually found myself going through, like, <laughs> if I had to rewrite Harry Potter, could I? You know, those are some big books, <laughs> right? Yeah, really, really. Oh man, yeah, th- I thought that was great. Uh, I definitely want to talk about the way it resolved. Yeah, the ending. Those are, yeah, we, yeah, we can just go ahead huge. and jump into. So, Daniel, when you were talking about that, did you mean? the the actual like the 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 schoolhouse ending there no like Which, the, no. the big you... thing at the concert yeah right yes the way the way this the kind of um the high concept plot resolved right because it's this high concept of he's he the beatles aren't there he decides he's gonna be the beatles he's gonna play their songs right. and become this big star and there has to be a resolution there because there's those the ethical question even though it's light and funny it's not a serious ethical question it, but and it's yeah frankly, is it is it it's immoral? a non-starter ethical question a little bit but still yeah and so is it immoral and so there's got to be you know he's 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 getting famous for playing other people's music so there's there's got to be a resolution there you know there's some kind of resolution he's going to get caught uh uh is he going to bonk his head again and go back to the real world like what's going to happen how is this all going to be resolved and um i just found the resolution kind of kind of uh, like I, I think the best word is a cop-out like it it, the way it resolves is he just he's at his concert he's he's kind of his big shot of a concert with Ed Sheeran in front of I think it's at Wembley Stadium right it's like yeah. it's like huge massive crowd and he he plays a, uh, uh, some song I think he plays an entire set right he does an entire yes. show and then he just says it mm-hmm. he just says oh these actually aren't my songs yeah so I'm releasing my album for free and that's it like it's just, it was just oh. 
he's just going to confess and then and then that that's it. That's the whole that's the whole resolution. Is he just says I'm these aren't my songs and now I'm going to go back into obscurity. It just didn't it it just was a very unsatisfactory. I don't know what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Like I I can't say that I wish it had ended this way. But it just didn't do anything with it. That it was for such a high concept. It was such a low level ending that just yeah. w- didn't wasn't satisfactory to me. It was fine. Like again, that didn't it didn't hurt my love of the movie. I love this movie a lot. But it was just I wanted more, and it didn't it didn't give me much. Yeah, it definitely wasn't. I didn't think it. It wasn't the best ending I've ever heard. It was definitely a struggle. But I actually didn't mind as much him confessing and releasing all the songs for free as much as I minded how he confessed his love for. Lily James character. That, that was bad too. In the yeah. moment, like to me, I felt like their whole relationship was in these little quiet moments that for him to do it and on such a grand scale to me, I didn't think added up. And unnecessarily grand. Right. Like the way the specific way he did it with the camera trained on her mm-hmm. actually served no purpose at all. Right. Like she didn't talk on camera. She wasn't a part of the moment. Yeah. The camera was just on her. Well, and, and then and, he talked and that was it. And I feel like in most rom- romantic movies, you have the grand gesture when you really screwed up. And, you know, and right, the other person right. is like, n- you know, needs convincing. But in this car- in this scenario, Lily James, it's been pretty obvious that she's in love with him. And yeah. I, he could have. He it would have taken a, a letter or him just saying it on such a small scale and she would have jumped at it. He, she didn't need exactly. a grand scale anything. Like like run backstage and have mm-hmm. this sweet quiet moment where he confesses his love and then I I, I want to be with you. I'm gonna live with you. I'm gonna confess what I've done and he goes runs back out on stage and does it or something. And I, I think that would have been a lot more a lot sweeter. This way it wasn't sweet really because mm-hmm. it was just like in front of everybody unnecessarily. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. What did you think, Tyler? So, Tyler, you said you you it seemed like you liked the ending a lot more. So, why did you what did you like about it? Well, I'm I'm I definitely am seeing what you guys are saying, and I think I think to a point I agree. Like I do agree that the camera training on her actually felt really awkward. Yes, and like felt super off putting. Like, in fact, if I were her. I would be pretty pissed that yeah. that you just put me on the big screen and she's just like, well, I would have done my hair because because re- remember, Lily James is ugly, like <laughs> her right, frizzy right. hair, just like Himesh Patel is ugly apparently, and so it's like whatever that that thing irritated me. I think though, what made me not care about that as much, and so I think I I think on one hand I agree, but I think what I didn't care about as much is after the other twist that we get. Um, with Sarah Lancashire and I forget the other guy's name who come in and they are the other two who know that the Beatles mm-hmm. have existed. Um, that was my, honestly, that was the climax of the movie for me, mm-hmm. um, was this whole thing. Cause like you guys had said, like we're waiting, somebody else knows, or somebody's going to find him out and somebody's going to rat him out. And you think that's what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, when she holds up the yellow submarine in the, in yep. the, um, press conference and yeah, stuff like that that was good mm-hmm. and i i genuinely had been dreading that moment the entire time i was like oh this is terrible i don't i don't want to see him get found out and he's mm-hmm. you know he's um gone in you know he goes into to hiding and you know out of shame and he's you know just just you know depressed and stuff i didn't want to see that and so i loved i loved that the point of the movie was um the world is better with the Beatles than without them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they just are happy that the Beatles are going, you know, are, are out there again. Um, and so for me then, like basically the relief 
after that scene made me kind of not not care that the other stuff was was going on because I also think that the that the the love story was a little bit uh, the awkwardness of the love story was a little bit ham-fisted. I don't think that we needed that. I think that what we should have had, and I, I made the comparison to that thing you do, but I think we should have had uh, a love story that wasn't unrequited, that but that just sort of happened. Um, yeah. I think that would have yeah. fit it because I feel like the tension was unnecessary when we have another form of tension. Um, you know, is the is he going to get caught? Um, tension. So, so maybe I just didn't care. Maybe it's it. I should have cared about it, but I just didn't care about the ending. No, after I that. see what you're saying. Um, I definitely f- I I agree with you in that I loved that whole resolution to that that tension of of is he going to get found out and that scene with those two people right um i love the guy in russia Mm -hmm. like recognizing you're like oh no what's happening i love that because you're right it was so unexpected their reaction and um and very sweet and like uh, i agree i love the that the world is just better with them i almost wish that that had been the actual climax of the agreed Mm. um, because that and, and almost um, I mean, it's, I think it is kind of dumb to kind of pitch of here's what I wanted for the ending. But like mm-hmm. if that if that had been a bigger part, I don't feel like I got that from the way he actually ended it. Yeah, he gave away the album for free. OK, you know, which I kind of like that. That goes there. against with that uh, mm-hmm. again with that thesis of the movie of everybody should just have uh, yeah, the Beatles, you know, I guess. But I kind of almost wish it was like they encouraged him keep going right like, keep being this more people are going to hear don't it care. if you yeah. if you keep going like instead of just giving away the album for free honestly that's going to make fewer people listen to it if we know if you know if if history has told us anything remember when U2's album was put on everybody's phones for free who listened <laughs> to that, that no album? one listened to <laughs> nobody listened to it even though everybody had it so I, I i just i almost wish that they had encouraged him to like keep going make that's their true. music bigger like be the biggest star in the world because this music is worth it and we just want to hear it and like encouraged him to don't feel bad like they like have them answer the ethical mm-hmm. question for him true. don't feel bad play the music it's worth it um right. and so i think that would have been more satisfactory because instead um even though their their scene was really sweet and charming and, and hammered that theme home it they it kind of just uh, it didn't go anywhere they were just kind of like Thank you for playing the music, and right. that was kind of it. I wish they had kind of propelled the story forward a little bit more. But yeah. but again, uh, these are all nitpicks because I think that was really right. – it was still very well done. But, well, I think what? my biggest issue with the ending uh, is that really the movie is about the music and the Beatles and, and his rise to fame, but it ends with the with their relationship, which was more of a side Agreed. role, sure, but that sure. was the big ending. Um, so to me, I wish that the – like I, they could have resolved that plot line, sure, but I don't think it needed to be it in this grand way when the Beatles won. I mean, I guess the Beatles was kind of resolved in the grand way, but not, not to my satisfaction. Yeah, not but that being said, I totally teared up at the end with the little montage when they had the kids growing up, and I don't normally tear up in oh. movies, so I was <laughs> like, man, I'm such a softie, but. Yeah, well, great. and then with the the class, him singing at the front of the class, who bloody oh blada, it was so good. Yeah, it just great. was, and yeah. it shows that he still has it. He still is pulling out, you know, you know, Beatles back catalog a little bit and, and playing. So I, I loved it. Another great yeah. twist that happens between when the two other Beatles fans come up and the actual ending oh, is um, when he goes to the house in the middle of nowhere and finds John Lennon alive. That was amazing. Yeah. I did not predict that. I was like, is it going to be Paul McCartney? Is he going to be there? Yeah. Well, when he was pulling up, it was. 
my mind was, oh, well, obviously it's Paul McCartney. Like, it wasn't even a, it wasn't a question. It right. was, oh, okay, Same. he's going to go talk to Paul McCartney. Cool. You know, that's cool, I guess. All right, that's mm-hmm. fine. And then freaking John Lennon opens the door, and it looks exactly it like John really Lennon. really did. Mm-hmm. I, that was wild. I was wild. shocked. It took me a second to realize it was Robert Carlyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looked so much like him. It was wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I loved fact, that, and I thought that scene was really was well done. Uh, so yeah, I, I thought that was phenomenal. Yeah, I was not expecting that at all. And and in movies that are more lighthearted like this, you don't you typically don't get really big twists like that that you just don't see coming. Um, so I really enjoyed that. Though I want to know what you guys think about this. And I thought about it in the actual film. So obviously the Beatles are gone and then he Googles Oasis and they don't exist either because everyone says they're a bit just a copy of the Beatles. Um, But in his flashback memory of when Lily James supposedly first fell for, um, what's his name in the movie? The actor. Jack. Jack. Yes, Jack. Um, He's singing Wonderwall. By the Oa- yep. by Oasis, right? And but that doesn't go away after the the little blip. So I don't know. I was just like, well, maybe he still has that memory because he still remembers. But but she wouldn't fall in love with him, right? Yeah, I, I thought the exact same thing. Like uh, he would remember it, but she wouldn't. So yeah, I th- I thought that was. I don't know. It felt like they forgot that they added that in right. there. Like, right. It was. Uh, I was. I was honestly thinking. Wait. Did Oasis disappear? I'm a little confused. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's the only... I mean, obviously, you can nitpick things until you're blue in the face. But, yeah, that, that part was like, eh, I don't think they thought that one all the way through. I love that they didn't try to explain the connection between all the things that were gone or something mm-hmm. like that. You know, that we didn't get... It wasn't... I'm actually, I actually kind of buck a little bit against the high concept thing because I think it was wonderfully low concept like it was just what if the beatles were gone oh mm-hmm. and cigarettes and coke like yeah it, because if it was if it was real deep man they could have they could have gone way nuts and been like well the beatles did this one music video which had this ripple effect throughout all these things right. whatever you know and and i love that we just didn't and it was just oh cigarettes are gone that's funny mm-hmm. um i i think that was great yeah no i agree i I thought it was great that they ex- they explained enough, which I guess they technically didn't really explain a lot, but you got the gist. And for for what the movie was, and for what you're supposed to get out of it and enjoy, it, the, it didn't take away from the experience. Not there are movies that don't explain things where it does take away from the experience because you want to know like what the crap just happened. But this was not one of those movies. And this is also one of those movie, like one of the few movies where I actually I had some issues with some plot and um, some characters, but I still loved the film. Like, I would still see this movie again in in spite of all its flaws, which aren't a ton, but um, it's not a perfect movie, but it is a really good and fun movie. So yeah, is there... Yeah, I 100% any, agree. Yeah, is there anything... That's I've pretty much covered everything that I have for it. Do you, Is there anything else that y'all wanted to say, good or bad, about it? It's just fun. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. a fun and sweet and charming movie. So any of these nitpicks we have are just, it, it doesn't matter because it's just so good. Yeah, truly. It, this is one of those that the more, the more time you spend critiquing it, sure, you can find things to unravel it, but it is, it is just a delightful, heartwarming, feel good, happy film. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Yes. So- Even the Kate McKinnon thing, frankly, like I, I do agree with Daniel, maybe not as viscerally, but like, eh, whatever. It, it's, she's fine. Like, you know, yeah, she it's, didn't it's add to movie. it, but she didn't take away 
she didn't ruin every scene she was in right. for me. Yes. It was just yes, she did <laughs> for you. And I'm talking about for me. <laughs> well, with that, we will wrap up our extensive double feature for tonight. Thanks everyone for sticking around and thanks Tyler for joining us. And why don't you tell us a little bit about your podcast real quick? We are the Geek Card Check. We're kind of doing retrospectives on things that are, are new or relevant for today. So, for example, our, our last big episode was on um, the X-Men. So Dark Phoenix came out, and so we did a, a bit of an, an X-Men retrospective on the uh, the different film adaptations. And we're going to be doing uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade because it's its 30th anniversary in the next uh, – this year it is. So, uh, But you can find us on Twitter at – geek card check on twitter and on facebook at the geek card check podcast and on instagram at geek card check as well fantastic we all should definitely follow them and don't forget to follow screeners cast on twitter or search the screeners podcast on facebook and we would love to hear from you and hear your thoughts on spider-man or yesterday or both and if you totally disagree or agree with us please let us know and with that we will see you guys next week where we will be reviewing season three of stranger things all right, we'll see you next time. And that's a wrap. You've heard what the screeners had to say. Now you be the critic. Head over to screenerspodcast.com and let us know what you think. See you next time.